At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Another Tuesday has come and gone in Major League Baseball, and Tuesdays are for lovers. Now, Tuesdays are for favorites. In Major League Baseball. And and I don't know why. It could be that Tuesday is the start of a lot of series in baseball. Right? You get the first game of a series that goes Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And maybe a lot of these teams are coming off of uh, off days on Monday. So they come into Tuesday well rested. Maybe you line up your pitching staff because you know you're starting a series on uh, a Tuesday. So you line up your pitching staff accordingly, um, or you know you're in the middle of a series, and this is the way that you just uh, the way it lines up. I don't know what it is, but Tuesday favorites after today, Tuesday, are now 116 and 55 on the season. Tuesday favorites, it's it's something. It really is. Favorites went nine and six, I believe, here on um, on Tuesday. And favorites overall have led all season. They're over sixty percent on the season favorites in Major League Baseball. So it's no surprise that you know. I guess you could pick out any day of the week and say, well, favorites are dominating every day of the week, right? Like favorites this year in Major League Baseball. Are I believe it's six oh nine and three ninety six. So it, it it's kind of seeing the Tuesday mark, kind of like is, well, on you know, on pace. I mean, you look at the numbers on Tuesdays. Obviously, it's greater than just sixty percent. It's more like what is it sixty nine percent? So it's a little bit higher on Tuesdays. But overall, favorites have just been the way to go. Uh, here, we haven't seen um, dogs dominate besides the other day. There was a day the other, like maybe yesterday or two days ago, where, where dogs went like 11 and 4. But not the case here on Tuesday. Uh, the Marlins win as a favorite over the Rockies, the Dodgers win as a favorite over the Reds, and Tony Gonsolin now this season. The Dodgers had a 3-2 to two lead after five innings. 
And based on, and after that win, Tony Gonsolin now has a record in the first five innings this season of 11-0-2. He is one of the most profitable pitchers in Major League Baseball in the first five innings. 11-0-2 in the first five innings this season. He has improved his record now to 9-0 and on the year. In fact, looking at his uh, starts this season, as I just lost the webpage, but he's 9-0 and now, and, yes, and, and the record in the first five speaks for itself, 11-0-2. And this was one that, you know, I kind of st- I stayed away from because I was concerned about Tyler Molly. And I thought that he would do a great job of limiting the Dodgers. Turns out, I mean, he did. I mean, Tyler Molly gives up the two runs in the, uh, he got tagged for four runs, uh, but he gives up two runs in the top of the third. And that was really how he, um, you know, gave up those runs. He winds up going, uh, oh, it was four to two, excuse me. He was up four runs. He went six innings, gave up four runs. Gonsolin, five innings, gives up uh, two runs. And the Dodgers now, in Gonsolin's starts, are, what is it, nine? So he's nine, he's nine and oh. They're nine and one, nine and two, nine and three, ten and three in Gonsolin's starts this season. And the losses, 3-2 loss, first start of the season for Gonsolin. He only pitched three innings. 3-2 loss to the Rockies. A 5-3 loss to the Diamondbacks. He went four innings and gave up three runs. A 4-3, 10-inning loss to Philadelphia, where he went six innings and allowed just one run. So Gonsolin continues to be uh, just a, a, a revelation this season for the Dodgers. He, he's their best pitcher right now. And, uh, yeah, 11-0-2 in the first five innings. Uh, the Pirates win as Rusney Contreras has another uh, really good start. Contreras goes five innings, allows just one run on four hits. O'Neill Cruz had one hit and an RBI in four at-bats. He has shot up now the Rookie of the Year odds. He is your odds-on favorite to win the National League Rookie of the Year. So much hype around this six foot seven shortstop. O'Neill Cruz. Nationals uh, beat the Orioles 3-0. They win as an underdog. The Red Sox, a 5-4 win over the Tigers. They win as favorites. The Rays beat up on Nestor Cortez, and they uh, win 5-4 over the Yankees as underdogs. Nestor Cortez, four runs on six hits in four and a third innings. He gave up three home runs. Three home runs he gave up. And three home runs were the magic uh, number here because three home runs were hit by Isak Paredes for the Rays. He homered three times in this game. Uh, Two solo home runs and then a two-run shot in the bottom of the fifth inning. Uh... Yankees got a Marvin Gonzalez home run in the top of the ninth. They were down five to two. They made it five to four, but they could not um, claw back. So Rays upset the Yankees as the underdog here. 
Giants beat the Braves as the underdog. Uh, our play of the day was the Braves in the first five innings. It did hit uh, despite Spencer Strider having his worst outing of the season by far. Opponents came into this game against Spencer Strider batting 161. And he got rocked. Six runs on six hits in just three and two-thirds innings. Thankfully, the fate of Anthony DiSclefani worked out. He gave up five runs in just three innings. And uh, the uh, Braves got a Ronald Acuna two-run shot in the bottom of the fourth inning. And uh, they had a lead after five, but they go on to lose the game to the Giants by the score of 12-10. to 10. It was actually 12-8 to eight going into the bottom of the ninth, and the Braves scored two runs in the uh, top, bottom of the ninth to uh, make it a little bit closer. Guardians in extra innings beat the Twins uh, as they are now in first place in the American League Central. Rangers blanked the Phillies 7 to nothing. Uh, no Bryce Harper in the lineup. So that should have been your first red flag to not bet on the Philadelphia Phillies. Your second flag should have been that Martin Perez has pitched himself, certainly, into the Cy Young conversation. Perez went six scoreless innings. He now has a 1.96 ERA, a 1.13 whip. He has had an incredible season for the Texas Rangers. And he's become like the guy that it's almost like the auto bet, right? You can bet the Rangers when Perez is pitching. Astros beat the Mets 8-2. to two, A little bit of a wake-up call. Not a wake-up call, but a little bit of a reality check for the Mets uh, with a big step up in class here with one of the top teams in the American League as the Astros uh, beat them. Jose Altuve, I believe, went deep. Uh, homered in the third inning. Jordan Alvarez homered as well. Pete Alonso did homer, uh, you know, so he's continuing to uh, make a case for a National League most valuable player, but the Mets lose uh, to the Astros. Cardinals beat the Brewers 6-2. to two. Uh, Gorman, the rookie, hit two home runs in this one, so Nolan Gorman is uh, a guy that should certainly be uh, one of the top National League Rookie of the Year contenders, along with his teammate Juan Yepes. So good job by the Cardinals there getting that win. Uh, This was 2-2 early, and then it was a battle, and then uh, they eventually pulled away and got some insurance runs late in the game as well. White Sox beat the Blue Jays in 12 innings. That one crushed us. The White Sox winning as an underdog. They were, uh, uh, Dylan Cease pitched great. Six shutout innings. I think uh, he took a no-hitter into the sixth inning, I believe, and it was in the seventh inning where Alejandro Kirk homered uh, off of Lambert. And it was a two nothing a two nothing game turned into a two one game, and that was the thing. Credit um, Kevin Gosman, who limited the White Sox to just two runs. And so you have a guy in Dylan Cease who goes out there and only you know throws six shutout innings. Your job is to just keep your team in the game, right? And so he did that. He he went six innings, only allowed two runs. And then the Blue Jays just chipped away. They scored one run in the top of the seventh, and then they scored three runs in the top of the eighth. They really should have had more because they had already driven in three runs. They had bases loaded with one out, and they go strikeout, strikeout. I mean, really, one hit there, and they blow the game wide open. Uh, Unfortunately, their closer, 
um, you know, doesn't get the job done as Jordan Romano allows two runs to score with two outs and nobody on base in the bottom of the ninth. Literally, it's a 4-2 game with two outs and nobody on in the bottom of the ninth. And uh, Romano just get it, gave up three hits back to back to back. And the White Sox not just tied the game. They also tied the game trailing in the bottom of the 10th, the bottom of the 11th, and then won the game in the bottom of the 12th. I'm Scott Sadenberg. We'll talk to Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast coming up next right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the look ahead on vsin the sports betting network Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete free for cash all season. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 and over only terms and conditions and other eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, always on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Joining us now from the Sports Gambling Podcast, Sports Gambling Podcast Network, he is Sean Green. And Sean, I know you've been all over the USFL all season long, and this must be like a great time for you because we finally made it to the Final Four in Canton, Ohio. The USFL playoffs are here. A lot of people didn't think uh, they would make it to the playoffs. <laughs> of course, the XFL, the AAF, they uh, both collapsed, one because of the pandemic, the other uh, financial reasons. So the fact that the uh, USFL made it to the playoffs was a, was a huge accomplishment for bringing the USFL back. Now, you mentioned the Final Four, um, and, and that's really important because uh, it was four weeks ago, the Philadelphia Stars were 3-3, three and three. Um, but they were in second place. And, and so there's eight teams in the league, four in each a division there. The top two in each division make it to the playoffs. However, you know, they were in second place at three and three. Both the other teams below them only had one win. Mm. My thought was, let's get a little action on the Philadelphia Stars as a future because 
the odds of them making the playoffs are really good. They have a two-game lead, and there's only four games left. They obviously do make the playoffs. They're playing the uh, generals here week one, but I'm sitting on them at 18 to one and there's only four teams. So even if you don't have a great take on the teams, there were some really juicy futures out there. I, I think partially because people just didn't realize the playoff format or, or how to break down these teams. That's really interesting. Right now I'm seeing the Birmingham stallions are the favorite followed by the New Jersey generals then the New Orleans Breakers and Philadelphia Stars at 5-1 to one right now up on DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, taking a look at these games, Generals minus 4.5 against the Stars. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm all over the Stars. Love uh, getting the 4.5, which, again, you, you kind of have to figure out what is the key number in a USFL game uh, because, of course, they can go for a three-point play there. Ah. They can get onside kick, so it's not the... It's not the traditional three, three and a half, four and a half is probably closer to the like three and a half. I love this. And the, the, uh, the, this team, uh, the stars, they just played the generals last week. They lost 26 to three, but they, you know, both teams played, uh, their starters, a, a decent portion of the game. So I, I think they have a really, really good chance here. And, you know, the generals, they've been able to run the ball and that's kind of how they've survived here in the league. And they've, They've certainly looked like one of the stronger teams, but the stars, again, this, this, you know, the week right last week, they hung with them. And, uh, I certainly like them catching four and a half. And again, the, the, the stars rush defense has gotten a little bit better over overall as the season has gone along. That was like a real weakness early on. I was, I was joking with my uh, co-host Ryan is a huge giants fan. He always talks about the. You know, the year the Giants stopped the undefeated New England Patriots, <laughs> played them in the last week in the regular season, got a feel for how to beat them. I think I, I see a similar thing going on with the Stars, like them at plus four and a half. And I, I think they're a live dog here on the money line, especially at plus 175. I, I, I think their offenses come together. So I, I really like them with the numbers. And how about in the other uh, semifinal, Birmingham is a five point favorite over New Orleans. Yeah, you know, this one's a little tougher. Um, New Orleans, I, I think, is a team you're probably looking to fade here. Uh, Sloter uh, ha has looked decent at times. He is probably one of the higher variance quarterbacks in the entire USFL. Uh, the Stallions, I think they're going to cruise past the, uh, you know, uh, Tampa Bay here. And then, or sorry, New Orleans. And then really get worked in the finals. Because I think both the Stars and the Generals mm. actually match up better than the Stallions. Again, I, I think generals and stars are both interesting in the futures market. Even at even at five to one, the stars I still like it. But I, I just think New Orleans, the issue with Slaughter is he just turns the ball over a ton. He's kind of an interception machine. The Stallions have trouble covering, you know, decent sized numbers at five, but I think ultimately, you know, the uh Slaughter and their offense, the turnovers that they create. Mm -hmm. Uh, or just, you know, the turnovers that, yeah, he just, he's an interception machine. I'm all over the Stallions here laying the five. Uh, NBA draft is on Thursday night, and there's been so much steam on Paolo Boncaro to uh, go number one overall. Now, Jabari Smith is still the favorite, but there's been a lot of movement in the pricing of Boncaro uh, since Saturday, really. We've seen him jump from 20 to one to, you know, where he is now about plus 300 or so, maybe even less in some spots. 
Are you buying into this team, or are you still on Jabari Smith to go number one overall? Yeah, I mean, I, I, if I had a pick right now, and I, I and again, you got to get to some of these early. Uh, I think there is uh, some value late on some of the, you know, the over under draft position stuff. But yeah, I still think Jabari Smith is going to be the number one overall pick. I'm always a little nervous of the late steam. And then even if you do take it, you're not getting the best price. So even if you do hit it, you're going to be kicking yourself like, oh man, it was, you know, it was 10 to one last week. What uh -huh. happened? I, I mean, you know, draft picks aside and, and the, the profits aside, what do you, what's your take Scott on uh, Chet? Uh, I, I just, I've watched his game. I made a lot of money in the tournament, uh, you know, taking <laughs> Arkansas against Gonzaga. He to me just doesn't look like an NBA player. I was, I was talking to my buddy and go, you know, Kevin Durant, uh, he was, he had a similar build in a lot of ways, but Kevin Durant dominated. He played for a big 12 team. He mm -hmm. showed up big in the tournament. I don't know, man. I, I just don't, I would not be spending a top three pick on Chet. What's your take? I, I wouldn't either. I think that I, can't, I keep on bringing this up, but I can you, I can't imagine him like bodying up a Joel no. Embiid, you know, like yeah. how's that going to happen? And, and yeah, he's got a skill set, but I don't, his body, he's going to take, they're going to need to develop and they're going to need to develop his body. They're going to need to, you know, he's got to gain 30 pounds. I mean, he's 185 pounds. He's too small and he's going to get worked in the NBA, and I just I know he's got incredible skills, but this is really a pick that you're going to make that you're going to have to take time to develop, and I don't think we're going to see it in year one. Yeah, it, it's a two part process, right? Because you need to develop his body and his his game. I think a lot mm -hmm. of way. I just I, I get it. You know, everyone wants a a big man that can shoot shoot over guys. He, he's going to be tough to defend, but I man. I don't know. Like I, I'm just not. I'm not scared of him. You know, as a guy who's played a little bit of basketball, again, I'm sure he would dominate me. But you're not intimidated by him, and I didn't feel like he, you know, really had any kind of statement wins in the tournament or in big spots. You know, the conference they play in, uh, pretty weak competition as well. Like there's just a lot of red fra uh, red flags I'll, there. I'll tell you what. I would I would take a, a flyer on Bon Carroll to go second overall. Because you yeah. probably get some good odds on that. Yeah. No. I. 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 Anything that's fading, and again, you're. It's you know this stuff with the draft props are always interesting because you're handicapping it as as someone who sees like, man, this guy's not as good as everyone thinks. But then you also have to handicap like, what are the GMs? What does the league yep. think? It's like almost a two part handicap. But I, I'm with you. Like anything where you're fading Chet, whether it's draft position or. Uh, some of these other guys sneaking in uh, to the second or third spot. I I I like that all day. Uh, what's your uh, what draft prop have you played already? What are you What are you looking at? Yeah, there's a there's a couple I like. I'll I'll toss them out here. I'm just pulling up, make sure. Yeah, so I like I like uh, Duran top ten at minus one ten. You can get that. He is just again for me. I look at these spots and I go, there's no way he's getting past X. So uh, San Antonio Spurs, they need a center. I think Jalen Duran is a great fit for them. 6'11", 250, uh, 12 points per game, 8.1 rebounds. Like He's a guy I just think would just gel on that team. It's that perfect combination of you know, a, a good prospect meets the need. And I just don't think he gets past the Spurs here at 9. So him, uh, you know, minus 110, almost even money there. I, I, that's one of my favorite bets.
Uh, and uh, if you had to take an early pick on rookie of the year, who would you take? Oh man, I again, I just love the game of uh, Jaden Ivey. Me too. You know, me I, too, man. Me too. Just watching him, and I know Purdue again is someone I made a couple bucks betting against in the tournament. I know he's, you know, he 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 showed up small in a couple spots, but man, and again, if he's on the Kings, who knows uh, what happens there? But he just looks like an NBA player again. Yep. You know, I'm not a scout by any means, but just I, I'd, I'd bet I'd bet him to go top five. That's what I would. Yeah, bet. what's his? Uh, uh, yeah, hundred percent him on top five. He's another guy. I don't think he gets past the Kings. Mm-hmm. So whatever price you can get on him on top five, I'm in. Sean, appreciate the time and the conversation. Good luck with the USFL this weekend. All right. Thanks a lot, Scott. There he is. Sean Green from the Sports Gambling Podcast, Sports Gambling Podcast Network. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We're going to talk more draft coming up. Rob Doster, Field of 68, will join me here coming up next on The Look Ahead here on DC. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. The betting splits page will show you where the money and bets are moving for every game. And now it's updated every 10 minutes, so you can see changes in all the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits are another way VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Joining us now to talk a little bit more about the NBA draft coming up on Thursday night is Rob Dosser from the Field of 68. And Rob, when it comes to uh, this draft class, which players, in your opinion, are the most NBA ready like who's ready to make an impact right now at the NBA level Uh, particularly at the top of the draft I think it's Paolo Bancaro you know he's got the size he's got the physicality you don't have to worry about the body you don't have to worry about a lot of the stuff that he can do on a court right Um, I think that he is explosive enough that he is going to be able to uh, score quite a few points as a rookie wherever he ends up. Uh, I I still think that it's probably going to be Houston. You know, I think that Chet goes to Oklahoma City and my money is still on Jabari Smith being the number one overall pick. Uh, But when it comes to being able to contribute in the 2022-23 season, I think that Paolo is probably the guy that I would look at to be, uh, I guess, the odds-on favorite maybe to be the the rookie of the year just with the way that he can impact um, immediately. I mean, you don't he's 6'10", 260, and he's going to be able to play a lot of minutes on the perimeter. Like that's just not that's not normal. Well, there's been so much steam on him to be the number one overall pick. As of uh, Saturday, he was twenty to one, and today he's plus two hundred. So there's been a lot of noise, I guess you could say, on Boncaro to go number one. Do you buy into any of these rumors that are floating around? And, and the move? Are you, are you surprised by the movement in those odds? I'm a little bit surprised that the the line has moved as much as it did. I think that the issue is that. Uh, my guess is that the books probably realized that they were a little bit over leveraged with some of the money that was coming in on him uh, because there have been some rumors and there have been some murmurs. And uh, I don't think anything is uh, fully locked down. Like, uh, I think that there's a real world where someone swoops in the trades for that pick for Orlando. So um, I, I think it's going to be a little bit more. Uh, there's going to be some more fireworks at the top of the draft. And I think this mm. is what was 
necessarily expecting. Um, but I, it's, at the end of the day, look, if I can get uh, – I'm it's different in different books, but if you can get it about like minus 125 for Jabari Smith to be the number one overall pick, to me that's still great value. In terms of Chet Holmgren, I know that he'll get to the NBA and he'll work out with the nutritionists and he'll build muscle and whatnot, but is there legit concern about his frame, his size, looking at how oh, skinny yeah. he is? Oh, yeah. I, look, I, that kid has so much heart. That kid has so much toughness. He is – you look at him and he's a white dude from Minnesota named Chet, right? <laughs> but he – that – He's he's a dog. Like what, what's the saying? He's got that dog in him. That's yeah. him. He's him. Like he is one of the most competitive dudes that you're gonna find um, on a basketball court. Like he is wired differently. He just so happens to be a seven foot one guy in a hundred and eighty pound body, right? Like he's just his frame is not there. Now the my issue is the last guy I think that we saw that was that skinny coming in was probably Anthony Davis, right? And the I, I would have I would have said Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett, yeah. I mean, he's – Kevin Garnett is not a, a terrible comparison. I think Kevin Garnett had broader shoulders. I think Anthony Davis has much broader shoulders. Um, I think if you look at a guy like Kevin Durant, you can't compare him to Kevin Durant. Like, Kevin Durant is a freak, and Chet just does not have – like, Kevin Durant was uh, you know, an all-world two-guard that just so happens to be seven foot one. Chet Holmgren is a seven foot one dude that happens to have some uh, like guard skills. Those are two very different things. Um, but I do, I do think so. The one comparison that was made to me, if you go back and you look at pictures of Giannis from when he was 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, right? When he was drafted, he kind of had the same thing, right? He was really skinny, he had really thin shoulders. And you look at this kid with all the potential in the world and you say, how does he fit in the NBA? Well, it's because there's no predecessor, right? We haven't seen something like this before. Same thing with Chet Holmgren. Like the, the best players in the NBA, the best players in the world don't have a comparison and didn't have a comparison when they were coming in, in from uh, from college. So that's kind of where I'm at with Chet, right? Like if you're going to draft him, there's a world where like he gets to that second contract and you're like, I don't know, what are we going to give this guy? I don't really want to pay him uh, eight, eight figures kind of a thing, right? There's also a world where he ends up being – uh, you know, the MVP of the league in eight years, right? And it's just, he's going to get somebody fired. It's either the guy that passed on him or the guy that ended up drafting him and he was a bust. So mm. it, uh, he's, it's fat. No one, I don't think you can know without knowing for a fact whether or not he, he's going to be able to put on 50 pounds of muscle. And yeah. I, I, don't, I'm, I don't buy it, but I mean, we'll see. I just can't picture, like, how, how is he going to body up Joel and beat, you know? Like, it's just, it's just not happening. <laughs> Yeah, but the other part of it is that if it all happens for him, right? Let's say he can get up to 230 pounds, mm -hmm. and he's the rim protector that he was, and his perimeter ability comes around, and he's still able to be this kind of grab-and-go guy, and the jumper gets a little bit quicker and a little bit better off the bounce. Like, there's a world where – imagine if, if you can you can give you Chris Tapp's Porzingis, but he's wired like Marcus Smart. Yeah. You get a dude like that, and all of a sudden we're having a real conversation about how good he can be at the next level. The problem is, you know that that that's assuming that he's going to put on all of this weight. So it's it's if Chet Holmgren was sitting here at two hundred and thirty pounds right now, then I would say he is a no doubt about it number one pick for me. But he's just not. Yep, it's a tremendous point. Uh, how high are you on Jaden Ivy? Yeah, I, I'm in, incredibly high on him. Um, I think that he is. 
I would not take him in the top three. But to me, he's like a clear-cut number four prospect, closer to the top three than he is to number five. Um, he's the his explosiveness, right? Everyone compares him to John Morant. Him and John Morant are not the same player. John Morant is one of the best passers in the NBA, one of the best ball screen read kind of guys in the NBA. That's not what Jaden Ivey does best. Jaden Ivey is a scorer. He's a get to the basket guy that can pass a little bit. He's elite in transition. He he's probably the fastest guy that I've seen since I've been covering college basketball. It's ridiculous. He's not um, he's not human. Uh, he could play on the ball. He could play a little bit off the ball. I, if I'm Detroit, I'm sitting here saying, what do I have to do to find a way to get Jaden Ivey um, on my roster? Because if you put Jaden Ivey next to Cade Cunningham with a guy like Sadiq Bey, with Jeremy Grant, if he's there, if he ends up leaving, whatever you can get from. But that's a pretty good starting core for a team. Um, and, and you have a guy like, look, Cade is an elite passer, Great size, not really super – like athleticism is not what he does. He's he's savvy. He's, he's kind of like a surgeon that's going to pick things apart. Whereas Jaden Ivey is just raw explosiveness, one dribble from half court and he's dunking on your head. Like he's – I would love that combination if I'm Detroit, and I would do everything that I can to try to get him on my team. Uh, how high does Johnny Davis go? He's going to be interesting. I, I'm, I'm torn on him, right? Like on the one hand – I really think that he is a guy that's kind of built for being at the next level in the sense that um, he's great in isolation. I think he's a better shooter than his numbers suggested. His numbers, the, his shooting numbers kind of tailed off a little bit down the stretch of the season when he was dealing with an ankle injury. I think he's a little bit of a better passer that he gets credit for. He's the, the, the cliche is all of these guys that used to play football are great defenders, right? Well, that's very, very much true for Johnny Davis. He is tough. He wants to work on that end. He's physical. He's athletic. He's built like a guy that played a lot of football in his life. Um, so I, I, I think that there's a chance that he ends up being really good. Um, but I just kind of wonder. You know, he's not a great. He's not a great scorer. He's not a great shooter. There's a lot of guys that are six foot five that can get a bucket um, that that don't last forever in the NBA. I don't know if he's necessarily someone that can play on the ball. So if you don't have a guy that you know is going to be a great lead guard and you don't have a guy that you know is going to be great necessarily off of the ball, it's kind of this weird fit where um, he, he's a little bit too much of a tweener. And I say that knowing that that quote-unquote tweeners are what you want in, mm-hmm. in the modern area, right? The versatility is there. So I don't really know what position he plays. So that's my a little. That's probably why I have him closer to that, like, 8 to 12 range than I would in the top five. But, look, if you get him and you and he ends up hitting, like, he's, you know he's going to be able to score and you know he's going to be able to defend. And those are two very, very valuable things. Rob, appreciate the time and insight. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure, man. Good catching up. He's Rob Doster. You check him out. Field of 68. You can follow him on Twitter at Rob Doster, R-O-B-D-A-U-S-T-E-R. The Field of 68 is a tremendous uh, resource when it comes to college basketball. I'm Scott Satterberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we will run through the Major League Baseball board for Wednesday, see if we can stay hot with our play of the day. Some early leans as we kind of identify some spots that we'll be looking to dive further into as we progress throughout the day, the morning and the rest of the day on Wednesday. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
This is the look ahead. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSIN Summer Special is here for only $19. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now until the end of July. Sign up today and you'll get VSIN's daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB uh, best bets, the NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VSIN experience, which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $19 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at vcin.com slash summer. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. This is The Look Ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network, always on Twitter, at Scott's On Air, where I'll let you guys know when the MLB card is up on the vcin.com daily best bets page. And, of course, I tweet out the uh, play of the day as well every single day, which uh, we are on a little little bit of a run here with the play of the day. We are 48-26-1 now on the year with the play of the day, which uh, what's the math on that, right? So you have to do – what do we have to do here? We have to add up the uh, 48 plus 27, right? That's 75. So we are hitting at 64% on the season right now. Exactly 64%. How about that? 48 out of 75 is exactly 64%. That's pretty good. Overall, the record, not it, not fit 64%, but still well above 61%. So still having a very good Major League Baseball season. Let's see how we do here on Wednesday, or at least take a look at the board and see if there's anything that jumps out to us. Uh, Astros take on the Mets. Uh, part of a couple of day games here on the schedule. It'll be the Astros minus 135 at home. Carlos Carrasco goes for the Mets. Luis Garcia goes for the Astros. I thought that the Mets kind of were uh, in for a wake-up call during this stretch of baseball where they would have to play Miami for a tough series and then go to Houston for two games, then go to Miami for another series where they get to face Sandy Alcantara again and then come back home and take on the Astros again for a two-game um, set. So this is like a kind of interesting uh, time here for the New York Mets. They lose 8-2 to two here on uh, Tuesday, where they were just clearly outmatched. The pitching matchup just not in their favor. Uh, Jose Urquidy, uh, you know, over Trevor Williams. But Carlos Carrasco has been pretty good for the Mets 
this season. An 8-2 and two record with a 3.96 ERA. Total was 8.5 in this one. I'd have to dive in further, but right now it's a stay-away spot for me. I was on the Astros here on uh, Tuesday. I don't know if I'll be on them here on Wednesday. Uh, the Blue Jays look to avoid the sweep against the White Sox. Toronto a minus-125 favorite with Ross Stripling on the hill against Lucas Giolito. Uh, for Stripling, his last time out against the Yankees, uh, just three and two-thirds innings, gives up two runs on five hits. Prior to that, he had gone uh, really three straight scoreless outings, uh, six innings, no runs against Detroit, six innings, no runs against Kansas City, and then uh, the you know relief appearances where he was so good. Last time against the White Sox, he uh, two and two-thirds innings, and uh, he had two and two-thirds innings in relief of Hunjin Ryu, and he only allowed three hits, no runs, no walks, and struck out two batters. So, um, you know, I kind of like backing Stripling here. I kind of like backing the Blue Jays, looking to avoid the sweep uh, here on Wednesday. Lucas Giolito hasn't really been the elite starting pitcher that they had hoped he was going to be in his last outing. Eight runs against Houston. Before that, four runs against Texas. Before that, five runs against Tampa. Before that, six runs against Toronto. So the last time he faced the Blue Jays, that was in Toronto. Six runs on eight hits, two of them being home runs in four and two-thirds innings. Uh, I like the short price here on the Blue Jays, although part of me was leaning towards the under. The fact that these two teams played into the 12th inning in a uh, uh, you know kind of a high-leverage spot here on Tuesday, hot, sweaty night there in Chicago. Uh, could see a little lackluster performance coming out of the gates here on Wednesday, or maybe just the Blue Jays jump out on Gilito and they're a buzzsaw, but I'll probably be on Toronto in this game to avoid the sweep. I'll be on Philadelphia probably. They got the pitching matchup edge here with Zach Wheeler against John Gray. Uh, Wheeler is really the ace of this staff right now. John Gray coming off of his best pitching performance of the season, albeit it was against the Detroit Tigers. Uh, He goes seven shutout innings against the Tigers prior to that gave up just one run in six innings against Chicago. So back-to-back good outings for John Gray prior to that five runs against Cleveland. He also gave up five runs against Oakland, four runs to the angels. So he has the, uh, uh, he can get knocked around here. I just think the Phillies looking to bounce back off of the seven, nothing loss here on Tuesday. will be in good form here with uh, Zach Wheeler on the Hill. The important thing to note is um, Bryce Harper. Will Bryce Harper be in the lineup in this game? Harper was not in the lineup um, against the Rangers in this game on Tuesday because of a blister that I guess got infected. So um, we'll see what it is uh, situation coming up here on um, Wednesday. Let's see. The Diamondbacks take on the Padres. Madison Bumgarner against Mike Clevenger. Uh could maybe fade Mad Bum and just go with the Padres, who have just been really uh, playing well, despite the fact that they lost Manny Machado to uh, an injury. It's going to keep him out for a little while. The Padres will look to complete the sweep here, and they will welcome in Philly on uh, Thursday. So they stay home here, so it's not like it's a getaway spot for the uh, San Diego Padres. So don't really know what to think about this one. Might have to jump in. But if you're looking at maybe a first five bet, I can tell you that Madison Bumgarner 
is one of the worst pitchers to back in a first five-inning spot this season. Mad Bum this year is, where is he? Um, Where was Madison Bumgarner? Well, I guess he's not on the list anymore, but he was one of the least profitable pitchers in the first five innings. Uh, Let's see if I can pull it up here, because I did have the stat going into his last start which I think he did well. Uh, hmm. Do I have here Mad Bum? 3-10 and ten in the first five innings. Uh, that was going into his last start. So let me see what he did in his last start here. Uh, that was against Minnesota, and I think they were winning after five innings. So yeah, so let's make it 4-10 and ten for Madison Bumgarner in the first five innings this season. Could be a good fade spot there, maybe, going back in Clevenger and the Padres. Uh, Let's see what else we got. We got the Rockies and the Marlins. Pablo Lopez on the hill for Miami against uh, Chad Cool going for the Rockies. This could be an under spot here, maybe a first five under with these two teams in Miami. Chad Cool has had a really nice season for... um, Colorado, and I love backing Pablo Lopez, but Miami's minus 200, so I don't know if I'm going to be backing them at that price. Uh, Tyler Anderson on the hill for the Dodgers with his 8-0 and record going up against Luis Castillo and the Reds. Uh, right now, Dodgers are minus 175 on the price there. Cubs take on the Pirates. Uh, you got Keegan Thompson on the hill for the Cubs. Keegan was on the hill when they uh, snapped their losing streak against the Atlanta Braves. So Keegan could be a spot here to back. Uh, Pittsburgh will look to go for the sweep in this one as they look to finish out. Actually, no, it's a four-game series, so they will play each other again coming up on uh, Thursday morning. And, yeah, that'll be the spot there. Jose Quintana against Justin Steele on Thursday. So that's one to keep an eye out for. Uh, elsewhere on the schedule, let's see. We got the Nationals and Orioles, Patrick Corbin, Tyler Wells, uh, Taylor Wells, excuse me, Baltimore minus 145. You got the Red Sox minus 160 with Michael Waka on the hill against Tariq Skubal. Waka this season, 7-0-4 in the first five innings, but Tariq Skubal has had a really nice season as well, so it's going to be hard to go up against him. Uh, Giants take on the Braves, Carlos Rodon against Charlie Morton, Yankees against the Rays, Jordan Montgomery, Shane Boz. Guardians take on the Twins, Tristan McKenzie, Sonny Gray, Cardinals, Brewers, Adam Wainwright, Eric Lauer, Mariners, A's, George Kirby, Paul Blackburn. How about Paul Blackburn? Paul Blackburn, excuse me, who's 10-3 and three in the first five innings this year. And if you bet on him, you are up $1,010. He is the most profitable first five pitcher in Major League Baseball this season. And then the last game, Shohei Otani takes the mound against Drew Lynch. And the Royals, Angels, minus 230 in that spot. Coming up on Follow the Money, Jeff Seeley, Golf Handicapper at 7.15 a.m. Eastern Time. Dennis Bernstein from SiriusXM's NHL Radio at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. And Jay Billis, ESPN College Basketball Analyst at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. All cut out this morning on Follow the Money. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg, on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed365, 
1-800-636-5365. We don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.